I'm Caroline. Over the years, I've started a bunch of creative projects I failed to finish. So I wanted to talk to creative people, writers, comedians, filmmakers, photographers, musicians, about how they work and what they do when things get tough. Learn the secrets of finishing. From Dublin, Ireland, it's Operation Project. I think I'm just we're just gonna go because uh, it's recording, so why jinx it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, it's, been, it's been pretty interesting for the past ten minutes. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> you were playing guitar, that was good. And uh now we were talking we actually started almost talking about everything already. So uh I have a beer. I don't know if I'm gonna open that. Maybe I'll just uh, no, I tell you, um, leave I, that over there. I, I, I I did something similar a couple of years ago. Uh, I, I was at a festival in San Francisco and the guy turned around to me and said, Oh let's go into the control room and we can do an interview and he videoed it as well. And I thought he was going to take bits out of it and edit it, but he didn't. It was like a full hour. Of just like having yeah. a chat. Uh, you no, know, he started off asking me about films and stuff, but pretty quickly he got on to Aliens. Okay. And he wanted to know my thoughts about uh, about Aliens. Your actual thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But did you share your full Alien candor with him? As far as I remember, yeah. <laughs> okay. And did anyone actually watch it? Uh, I'd have to go and have a look at the statistics on it, but he, the whole thing is on YouTube. <laughs> Did you watch it? I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. No. <laughs> you got bored. Yeah, it must yeah. be really boring if you got bored of yourself. Uh, I kind of knew. <laughs> I, I kind of knew what I was going to say next. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, that's and that that was the, that was the fun of it. Yeah. Now I'm kind of interested in your views on aliens. Uh, damn! I wish I hadn't brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get to it later. I am here with Alan. Um, I have experimental filmmaker written here. That's how the ad adequately describes you, does it? Um, it well, it does. Uh, no, I think filmmaker actually adequately describes me. Just filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, because I've I, I've I've started to say to people recently that it, it's simplest if I just say I'm a filmmaker because if I say uh, because you know when you're filling out the application process to submit your films to festivals, you know there's a box for directors, a box for producers, there's a box for writer, and you have to put your name in them because you, a lot of the times you can't leave them blank, but. That's quite misleading because what most directors do, I don't do. And what most producers do, I don't do. I just make the film. And most of my contemporaries just make the film as well. Okay. So, but they won't process that. You can't, you can't just draw a text box in and write, uh, I do everything into this box. So yeah, you just fill the form because the form must be filled. So filmmaker, you make the films. Uh, yeah, but you can make a film without directing. Okay. That's interesting. So <laughs> I, I suppose I've never you can and you can make film well, without producing it. Well, as, you know, if you have actors in it, then you can say that you're not directing because you have to uh, collaborate with the, with the actors unless you just let them improvise. You're not giving them any direction at all. Okay. Does that mean you can just go off down the shops and let them do it? Well, well, I tell you, the, the the next film that I screened was improvised entirely from start to finish. So I can say that I directed it. Was there there was an outline of something? Uh, no, I just followed people around and to, and, and shot them <laughs> whenever they did anything interesting. Okay, uh, deciding what was interesting or not, I suppose that's the editing then, the job, isn't no, it? No, that's the filmmaker. Okay, wow, we've really got into it really quickly. I kind of want to bring it back to Aliens. Okay, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding around. So, uh, okay, so filmmaker. When did you get started making your crazy films? 
Um, well, it kind of stopped and it stopped and started and it stopped and started. I mean, I mean, loads of people get into making super eight film, uh, films when they're like, you know, when they're kids or when they're in their teens. I mean, you know, most of my friends would have done that at some point. So yeah. I, I don't know if that really counts. But I, I, yeah, I, we messed around as yeah, children yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so I suppose, uh, I mean, bar the, you know, the, the, the playing around in, in, in your early teens, I suppose my first genuine attempt was in the late 90s. Because I had I, I got my first job on a, a you know quite a quite a big commercial film in the mid nineties, uh, making all the paintings for Ma Flanders, which was uh, oh yeah uh, yeah, and uh, you know it was it, it, it was great fun. It was a real it was a real it was a real learning curve, uh, but I but it. I was able to see. I, I was able to kind of sit back in my in my you know in in my in my corner and comfort and watch all the different departments at work. And at the end of it, I came away and said that has to be simpler than that. Yeah. You know. So uh, that's the point where I said, okay, I'll just I, I'll just try and devise something really really simple that I can just that I can just shoot on you know a black and white suit round double and then just dub it later. This is very much in the spirit of what this podcast is about because this mm-hmm. podcast is about making things and finishing them. Yeah. As opposed to having like half a novel in a drawer, half an idea for something kicking around that you carry around with you for God knows how long, decades in some yeah, case. Yeah. It's about actually making something. And I think in step one of making anything, it's making something makeable. Um, it's... Well, I think I, I mean I think you I think you hit the nail on the head when you when you, when, you, when you said that it really is about finishing. Yeah. Because if something I mean for me, uh, something is not well, one of the most important things is that something is actually uh, is actually circulating in, yes. in society. Yeah. And that people are actually seeing it, people responding to it. I mean, for example, like a lot of like a lot a lot a lot of filmmakers, they they put a, do a big push into getting their films into as many film festivals as they can, which you know which is important, and uh, uh, I'm not denying that you should do that, but. Uh, you can you can you can get onto a big festival circuit, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your films are actually going to be uh, extensively reviewed. Right. You know, so you could just be part of like filler for this um, festival thing because the yeah. festival has like loads and loads and loads and loads of films in it, and then a couple yeah, yeah. of them are pushed, a couple of them are punched through. Yeah, and it's also it's also really really useful for festival organizers if you can if they can actually get like a package of films, package of short films, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, no. I, I suppose what I'm trying to say is that it's yeah. To get back to the whole thing about finishing, to me, uh, the most important thing to me is actually the responses. You know, I yes. mean, I mean, I, I would I'd rather have a film in four festivals and have two or three reviews than have them in a hundred festivals and not be written about at all. Right, right. You know. Uh, so so for you something's only really finished when people have seen it and then at least uh, not like necessarily millions of people have seen it or not necessarily very prestigious reviewings mm-hmm. but just that there is the response response is almost part of like it's it's made it's out there um well yeah it is and it and, and it, it, it that's the that's it it's it's continuing artistic life is in discussions that happen about it after it's out of your hands yes you know Okay, that's where it really lives and grows. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, no, it's not finished. It's it's not finished when you're finished with it. It's finished when you see what people think of it about t- ten years later. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so you just finished your film that you made in two thousand and nine. Yeah. I, yeah, I know. I, I I understand what you're saying. Uh, I'm just that's that's fascinating. So it was seeing this Mal Flanders, which is a big Hollywood movie. Who was in that? I remember that being a big deal. 
Um, yeah, it was a, well, John Lynch played a, a fictional uh, a, a artist in it. Uh, I mean, the writer and director, Ben Benjamin, took a lot of liberties with the original Willem Dafoe book, uh, or Daniel Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> 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 He's uh, like the baddie in Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lots of good things. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Robin Wright played Mal Flanders himself. Uh, but I, but at the time I hadn't read the book, so I didn't know how much it deviated from the original story. Uh, and what was your role on that? Um, John Lynch was playing an artist, uh, Jonathan Fielding, that uh, took Mal Flanders in and they developed a relationship and they had a child and so on. And, uh, and, and painting portraits of her was how he, you know, got over his own, you know, uh, depression. Uh, so I basically had a job of making his work. Okay, and you've so yes, making the art for films, the stuff that like hangs on the wall, the stuff that artists, the guy stands there with a brush. You have done that in lots of films. Um, you, well, I suppose I mean in 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 recent years, I have actually tried to focus on that, and I've actually tried to identify it as a role in filmmaking. What's it called? Well, you see, I mean, I suppose scenic artist is actually what what I do is most often categorized as. Uh, I mean, that can mean making you know, drawings or paintings made by a character, but it can also mean painting a backdrop or it can also mean, do I, like I spent the past two days uh, doing all the graffiti up in Mary's Abbey for, for this man's life. Okay. And that's that scenic art, but that's not made by a character in the film. Right. So, gen so generally, but generally I do try to focus on making artwork that is attributable to a character. Like uh, in the super bad where there's loads and loads of pictures of dicks that the kid draws. Do you know that? <laughs> There's like loads and loads of pictures of cocks that one of the uh, guys in Superbad draws. And there, some of them are really crazy oh, yeah, and out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like that. We well, should watch Superbad and see how the yeah, cocks yeah, yeah, are yeah, attributed yeah, yeah. to. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe we should recut that together with Mark Flanders. <laughs> Make a better picture, I'm sure. How did you get that gig in the first place? Because you would have been very young. Uh, very young. Well, I would have been. I would have felt old at the time. Sure, we always do. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, well, actually, that's. I mean, it's, it's interesting because how I got that job, I think, tells you something about uh, about how young a lot of the arts industries in Ireland actually are. Because uh, the reason that I came up for that job is because uh, people that I had graduated from Dunleary College with, who had studied film there, were in the art department on that film. Uh, specifically Susie Gullen, who is a, who is an art director and designer now. Uh, and I, I, I had graduated, uh, so the, art, the, the painting department, the fine art department and the film the course were, were very close together. You know, we were all housed in the same building. Yeah. The studios right beside each other. Like in a lot of colleges, in a, in a lot of older institutes, there wouldn't be that much communication between right. the art department and the film department. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but you know, we all came out together. So... Dunmere is a good school. It, it, it still yeah, is, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so that that was kind of that was good for me because because I I even ended up making you know making artwork for for people's graduation films you know so when they start working and any artwork comes along I I I was lucky enough that they you know they would think of me okay that's that's a nice way to get into a a, a gig and especially like a high profile gig like that I did look at you on the IMDb and I saw that you worked on. Pete's me Pete's meteor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was in UCD when they filmed that. They filmed some of that in the geology department in UCD because okay. I did geology in another right, night. Right, right. And I remember that was like a huge deal because it was Mike Myers was in it. it well, you see, another thing that happens quite often is. Well, it was a huge deal at the time. 
then no one gave a shit about it afterwards. But it was GTO's time because Mike Myers was in it. Sorry, go on. Um, yeah, but one thing that happens quite often is it happened on intermission as well. Like, uh, uh, I I didn't really realize. I mean, I didn't even know what the cast of Meteor was at the time. And when when I was doing when I was storyboarding intermission, uh, Colin Farrell, uh, his career hadn't really taken off yet. It was, yes, it was uh, because. Um, Minority Report was only in post-production that hadn't emerged. Oh God, I love Minority Report. And then, uh, so as soon as we finished intermission, uh, Colin Farrell... He just know, skyrocketed. Was a, ...was a superstar, but I, yeah. didn't, I didn't really... I, like, I was drawing him and Colin Meany driving around town for Cortinas, and I had no <laughs> idea, you know, uh, uh, that, the, that, the, that his career was going on. Because that's the other thing, you do storyboards. So it's really a lot of different artistic things around film. Uh, or do you still do storyboards? Uh, well, I, 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 I enjoy storyboarding a lot. Uh, I haven't it's like drawing a comic. I, I haven't done much of it recently, though. Right. You know. Do you storyboard your own movies? Um, some of them I do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, if, if, if I'm not improvising them. Though, yeah. Not, not <laughs> I don't think so. It's not the same thing. It's not really quite in the spirit of it if you storyboard and, uh, yeah, something yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah you, you can cheat and you can storyboard them afterwards if you want to do a master class. Ouroboros. Am I saying that right? Uh, I'm not sure if I've ever heard it pronounced. I think it's Ouroboros. I think it's pretty phonetic. Like Ouroboros. Ouroboros. I think so. So that was 2009. Uh, yeah. Ten years ago. Yeah, so exactly. Walk has been walking around for. T- Did it come out in two thousand nine? Uh, well, it's kind of. I, I mean, you know, I, again, talking about you know, a, a, a films not going around very many festivals. I mean, that only screened about three times. Right. Um, and I didn't do. You see, I, I, it's very, it's very. This is where you need distributors as well as producers and stuff because I find that once you've finished it and screened it and done a few Q and A Q and A's, you kind of forget about it. Okay, because you think about the next thing. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, yeah, your, your mind goes off on the next project, and you forget that you have to continue trying to. Pro- trying to put these things into festivals. She's probably fucking sick of it as well. <laughs> in like oh, in yeah, a sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what I mean, you're sick of it. You're, you're sick of it halfway through the editing. Yes, of course. Yeah. You just want it to be gone. <laughs> and so I suppose that's the, when, you, when you have a distributor or somebody collaborating with you in that sense, then you have someone else who gives a shit about it and someone else who's not sick to death of it, who's bringing it around yeah, for you, someone yeah, who has some skin in the game. Yeah, but you see, what, well, another thing that I have found recently, in fact, is that if I, in the early days, I would always try to get collaborators on in the beginning. And I would always find that the momentum was difficult to get going because I couldn't really explain to them much about what I wanted to do for working on the script. But in more recent years, I've waited until I'm much further into the project before trying to trying to get people on board. Okay, because that takes away from the kind of pub talk and the yeah, almost notion exactly. as well. Yeah. yeah no, I mean it's, it, 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 it seems so obvious to say that I can't believe that it, it took me it was it was so late in my work that I copped on to the simple fact that if you sit down at a table to talk to somebody about something you're going to do. It's totally different to sitting down with them and showing them something that's seventy percent completed. Yes, because you know? people want to be on that train yeah. and people want to help you push it over if there's something they can do with it. Yeah. But if it's just completely theoretical, sure, we all have a million theoretical yeah. things we yeah. could all be doing at any time. Well, you know, but it, it's just it, it's much more focused because yeah. you could show people things and they can say, okay, yeah, that needs to be regraded or you need to remix that or I mean, I, just, I, it becomes a task list, a series of jobs. It's just much more. Focused. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fascinating. For a very, for the very obvious and simple fact that it now exists. Yes, indeed. <laughs> as opposed to not at all, yeah, even yeah, slightly. Yeah. 
And our Boris, can we? Can I see that? Is that around? Is that on YouTube um, or anything? I, I put it up on YouTube, but I actually took it down for the moment because, uh, uh, you know, generally it's not really... A, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of festivals aren't too keen on things that they might be programming actually also being available to be for people to watch online. Is that why short films, this, uh, like it's hard to see people's short films online? Um, I just noticed, you know, you know the way they're usually not around, and you kind of think, oh, I would have assumed they were around, and then they're not. Yeah. Short films. Well, well, I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, when you're, work, I, I mean, if, if if I'm making art for commercial projects, I I wouldn't I wouldn't touch any of the, the documentation of it until about two years after it's been released, and then the production companies are relaxed and like, okay, oh, yeah, fine, it's been out now for a while, so you can show it to people. Right. So I think there's a similar thing that goes on with uh, with festivals. You know, they like something to be exclusive. I mean, I mean, there are festivals, and it, it actually says it in their guidelines when you're submitting it to them, their terms and conditions, that, that what you're submitting to them is not online. Yes. Okay. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so to kind of respect that a bit, and for, you know, I, 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 and for for the sake of the Triscoll Chrysler Cinema and uh, Max and Chris, my friends that uh, and filmmakers that, uh, that that work there and giving me the screening, you know, it's, it's better it's better for 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 them and this and the center if the film isn't available, on, you know, before for a little bit before and after the screening. Are you planning on screening? You're screening this. Yeah. When when is that? That's uh, Thursday, that's tomorrow, next week. Oh, okay. Oh, well, this won't be out by then. Oh, right. But uh, I will go and see it. Oh, it's in Cork. Oh, well, then I'm not ours. Okay. <laughs> well, I, might, I, mean, I might try, well, I, I, I should. You try. should do in Dublin. I, I, should, I should try and organise double screening as well, because it is, uh, even though the original was only screened three times, I still went through the whole thing and remixed it and regraded it all. Okay, so it's like a new... Uh, well, you see, I that was that was my first film, and I was so focused on uh, on it visually that I, that I you know I I didn't really I had developed a hair for proper sound. Okay. And I have since. Yeah. I, well, I hope I have since. So I I took it out there two years ago, and I said to myself, no, I have to I have to clean up that sound. You Fair know, enough. It, it, to it, do it with justice. Problems with, uh, with uh, filmmaking, developing an ear for that. Yes. Okay. And sound's so important. I know sound is. Like like a lay person like me, I don't. I'd notice if the sound. I, I wouldn't even know why something doesn't seem good, but it might be the sound is shit. And like it's something that we respond to, even though we might not necessarily be able to put a name on it. You kind of go. Well, what I mean, you would. Well, you see, that's one of the things that that that's one of the the areas that that my work did suffer from me not having studied film because you'd be taught that very, very early on. If right. I, I, because if you talk to commercial producers, they, they, you know, there's like a, anybody that works in commercial media will tell you that the sound is nearly more important than the image. Okay. But then if you had a study film, you probably wouldn't just like make stuff like you do. <laughs> so what are, no, you, you, no, because no. you would be bound by the, oh, I need these resources. I need these people. I need this stuff. I can't get this on its feet. But I suppose you can break all the rules you like because if you don't know the rules. Uh, you, well, no, you're not. Well, I mean, it's the, the way I, the way it seems to me is that it's not a matter that you're breaking the rules. It's a matter that they don't actually apply. Yes, because you don't know, know what... If, yeah, well, yeah. No, it's not because you know them. It's because what you're doing is actually a different exercise. Yes, but it's, it's still a film. It, it, it's it's an audiovisual time-based piece of work, but it's not just driven by a plot. Is that what you call them? Audiovisual yeah. time-based pieces of work? Yeah. 
<laughs> so you're an uh, audio visual time based piece of work maker yeah okay that's uh that must be some long business card you got there no, it, it, no it's it, the, no it's it, it, it's simply an extension of this practice i've tried to develop of simply calling things what they are it's okay quite, so it, it, it's so it avoids a lot of confusion if you call the painting a painting you call a drawing a drawing you call a you you call a watercolor a watercolor you call a recording a recording and you call a film an audio visual time based <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I believe you. Um, so I'm interested to know, um, in your first, like, let's take your first feature. Was there something that was like a big problem that was difficult to overcome? Actually, you can extend it to Annie because you've um, got three, you've three yeah. feature films, right? Uh, I have four. 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 Yeah. four yeah. Uh, like something that was like a big problem that you really had to like dig deep to push through and push it like i'm putting you on the spot here slightly um, a, a, a big a big problem in a problem I, in any kind of way in something that stalled it out and made you mm. think i don't even know if i want to do this anymore well, well actually in terms of the first film our wars what's what is interesting about that is that it, it is actually I, I i had about seven short films and i was only able to make about three of them work and i had these other four that were just you know they were about Two thirds of the way there, but I I, I, I couldn't make them work in themselves. But if I st- if I weaves them all together, then okay. then they started to work. That's fascinating. So these were actually individual short films. Uh, yeah, well, I've I mean, I, I, I call the film Seven Ghost Stories. Yeah. Because uh, they revolve around you know most of the stories revolve around missing characters and you know people having conversations with somebody that went that went missing and then you might have another film in a different parts of the world that has that that person crops up in their discussion. You know. So they revolve the other way of theme, ish. Um, yeah, you see, you see, we're getting into we're getting to the area now that the reason it's a film is because it's hard to talk about. Yes, of course. <laughs> no, I understand. And I, in, well, in a sense, I don't. Uh, yeah, I suppose I, I'm interested in knowing how you turned some stuff that wasn't really working into yeah, one yeah, thing yeah. that did really work. I think that's really that that's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Yeah, I think. Well, it, it, it might be interesting to to move it into another to another field or another art form. I mean, it's quite like that where like an exhibition is distinct to any of the. Uh, pieces of artwork in it yeah. or, or a compilation album is different to the tracks that are in it you may have a track that doesn't work in itself but if you put it if you put it into a sequence between two other things it can work yeah. or you might have a painting that you're not happy with in itself but it can do something good in a particular sequence it can it can serve a purpose in a show yeah yeah so you you um you made a form out of the things that you had and brought them together into an audio visual yeah, and, time based and, 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 and they started solving each other's problems yes Oh, see, I love that. I have um, my novel stalled out and it's just sort of lumps of stuff of different characters who are definitely stuff to do with each other, but not all the way. And I'm trying to think of a way to kind of bring this together and I'm seeing something in what you're saying yeah, is maybe yeah. not look at it so much, like look at a, a way of like bringing it together because there is a theme. They're all occupying the same world in a sense. So maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but that's a way to solve a problem of some stuff maybe that isn't working to yeah, bring it yeah. together because it all came out of you <laughs> right yeah or, or, or even just take a break from it i mean i mean what 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 one thing we were taught in college is that you know when you reach a point with the painting you just turn it away against the wall 
you know, and just work on something else and don't even turn it around for like a week or two. Okay. So yeah, just, just put it away until you've forgotten about it. That's, do you know, that's a piece of advice then. I think that we can actually sort of take to the bank, put it away for a bit. If you're, if you're truly having trouble maybe with, with something. Uh, well, yeah, because then, or ask somebody else. Yeah. You know? What they think of it. Yeah, cause if, cause if, because whatever they think doesn't work, we'll jump out to them. That's true. They have a different eye on it to yeah, you, yeah. and they'll they'll tell you the truth of it in a way yeah. that maybe you were even hiding from yourself. Or you can do a test screening to an audience of, of a dozen people who will all give you completely different feedback and make it even worse. Oh, I went to a test screening. Oh yeah, that's and that's a nightmare. They're giving you new problems you didn't even know you had. I went to a test screening of your uh, of a film yeah, of yours, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, it was like a you were still like editing it and messing uh, about yeah, with they, it. Yeah, yeah, they were missing shots. I was just yeah. dropping in storyboard shots. And, and and old old dogfight World War Two yeah. in place of classic the, like, in place of the X wings and dogfight. And, <laughs> yeah. and I remember uh, I fell asleep for a little bit because I was really I was a I was really tired. B the room was really warm. It was in the yeah, old film yeah, base. Yeah, the yeah, room was yeah. roasted, and C. It had like some of it had this sonambulistic quality, and I was terrified to tell you that I fell asleep. And then I was like, I told you, and you were like, fine with it because it wasn't really a, like it wasn't edge of your. It, there was parts of it that were sort of lulling. Yeah, well, well, no, I, I actually, I actually did notice that you had fallen asleep. Um, <laughs> I was probably um, snoring away like an old cartoon. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, but 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 it was fine. I mean, for all the reasons that that, that you just said, but also because. Um, I mean, I, I mean, there are, there are so many times that I have been in that frame of mind that I've kind of drifted off during a film, but it still makes an impression. Of course, absolutely. And there is a, like a sense as well, if you're watching something that a friend has done, you're so intently watching it. And it's not the same as if you just flip something on. Like you're really, there's an emotional element to it that just... No, like, yeah, but, but the other thing is, despite the fact that you fell asleep, I, we did a little Q&A afterwards and you obviously did I, I, you obviously did relate to a lot of what I was doing. Oh yeah, to totally. And I wasn't like having a kip for the whole thing. It was yeah, just no, no, there was a little bit of drift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed, uh, and I really, I you, really enjoyed being part of that process. Did you see it finished? Yes. Okay. And and I and I and I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> you know, so that's like that's the you know that's that's the thing about it that it, but you have to have a bit of um, belief in what you're doing to show people something that's only partially mm. done. Like that is, um, yeah, and and you have, you have to do a very careful divining job and distinguish between what are our actual structural problems with the piece of work and what is just something that's not coming through because of something very superficial like like the wrong sound mix or the wrong grade. Yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah, picking that apart is probably hard. Yeah, because you would be surprised. I mean, I mean, I, I did experience once um, a screening a rough cut with a couple of missing shots and rough sound mix and got some feedback from people and I went away and I didn't change the edit. I just I just did a better sound mix and uh, and polished it up with a grade. But then a couple of people who saw the, the rough cut really thought I had I had done, done quite a lot of it. They thought you'd done a big number on it. But it was the same edit. Right, okay. It, it, these things, they it, more than we realise, they, yeah. they, they impress upon us. That's, uh, that's fascinating. So um, do you have like any particular tools or workflow or anything that you use 
to make your projects easier. I imagine you don't. I imagine you just um, you no, keep you things see, very loose. No, you see, you see, what happens is that every time I finish a project, um, I have killed all of the equipment that I have at the time in making it. So for the next project, I'm just starting out from scratch. Like, I, 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 sometimes I've actually had to move from one software to another, which is really, really tricky, you know. Like like moving your project over from from oh migrating it, it like moving it from Final Cut over to Premiere like right halfway through your 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 edit is, why did uh, you have to do that uh, because I, I I burnt out the motherboard oh shit okay <laughs> yeah yeah that's a problem that's is, a yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well well essentially you're killing the computer's brain okay it was too it was too mind bending <laughs> the computer couldn't handle yeah, it man no I was <laughs> I was just piling on too many meat I I just didn't have enough RAM I wasn't right right from enough system yeah was, yeah. Because it was a, because it was, it's, it's do it yourself. So you were doing it yourself. You, you, well, you see that, yeah, I mean, when, when you're doing things really, really low budget, I mean, when you're just, when you're just, when you're funding yourself or doing it with, with crowdfunding and stuff, when you're not, when you're not actually even at the, 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 the kind of bottom level of like film board or arts council support, then you're not, you're, you know, you're not working from, from dedicated, like, you know, specially housed terabyte drives. Christ, you're no, not, you're just using your computer yeah, 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 <laughs> in your gaff, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're using your laptop and you're upgrading the RAM on it and you're plugging in the the, the little portable drives and uh, and it all just goes up in smoke after a couple of months. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. and then, so having to move to a new piece of software and a new environment in which to operate, well, yeah, that's hard, but you get over yeah. it. Uh, oh, you do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just going to have to... But in the long run, it's interesting because, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of producers and editors and post-production people, and if they were listening to this podcast, it would just be like, they'd just be like, <laughs> horrified. It's like, how can somebody work under those circumstances? But, because you have to. <laughs> but, in, but in the long run, over a few projects, it's actually quite liberating because it means that there's no... It means that when you come to the end of a project, you have four or five films, but you've no current setup that you have to be... Uh, you have to be protective of that. Indeed. You know? You're not tired to anything you're just you're your own you're truly your own man in that sense uh, yeah because you can start again in whatever, in whatever software you want yeah no I love that or, 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 or well one thing I did recently uh, was I actually started to try to not think about a project in any software at all yeah, uh, and I didn't do it with a film project, uh, uh, but I did it with with a uh, with a music project. Uh, uh, like I had used a lot of the you know music sequencing software over the years, Ableton Live and Reaper and all these sequencing things. Um, and I'd gone through that whole period that a lot of my friends had of really wanted to get you know a, a, an all inclusive setup. Yeah. But this time around, I I said to myself, no, I kind of miss you know re- recording demos and cassettes like you know in the eighties and stuff where you're just you know, it's you know you're using the Fortran, but apart from that, there's no other interface that you're you're working with. You just yeah. you know you just you just mic things up and you just record. You just mic it. You record it. You bounce it down if you're being super yeah, fancy. Exactly. You want yeah. more than four yeah. tracks, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you yeah you're not beholden. You have to know how to use and your task app so, a little so, bit. And that's so, it. So this time around, I I said to myself, and it was only a few years ago. It was 2016. I said I said I said no, I don't really want to be, you know, building this project to fit any particular software. So I said, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just keep recording. I'll, I'll, I'll use Ableton to play tracks back to myself, but I'm not going to record them into any software. I'll just record loose audio files, you know, and just, you know, play them to a metronome and play them back to each other. But basically I will just end up with all these loose audio files and I might start to import them and mix them on anything I want to, even on, even on tape if I wanted to. Yeah, because it's, they're not tied to a project. Yeah. 
Because we're always, because, yeah, 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 we're always tied to a project because, files. Oh, my project yeah. files. I mean, I mean, I used to. I mean, ten years ago, I, you know, the, I, I really was of the frame of mind that a lot of post production editors, people are of like, you know, you, 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 you get the setup that is best suited to the workflow that you're anticipating, and you, you know, you learn how it, how it all works. But now, I actually prefer to just have all the bits loose. Loose bits. That's yeah, and that's. That's probably the opposite of how most people work. Who I think people become a bit tied to their bits. I think that's a good, that's an inspiring thing. I feel inspired by that. Because, um, uh, yeah, that sort of negates my thing about tools. Your tools for making working easier is actually not to tie yourself to a suite of tools, in a sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it does depend on what you're actually doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're... But it's just a fresh eye on it, like... Maybe we shouldn't be so tied to ourselves. Maybe we should think with a freer frame of mind. And you, yeah, I mean, there still is. A, I mean, there's a degree of respect that you need to have for your equipment that I have come to understand more recently. I mean, I I, I was very cruel to my to the first couple of cameras I had. I spilt a Rubex on my Mac a couple I, of months ago, and it died. I dropped, uh, I, 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 I dropped a Canon uh, Mark II 5D into the sea. Oh fuck! It's not gonna like. <laughs> see, that's worse than Rubex. Yeah. yeah. No, well, okay, well, yeah, no, apart from like a cavalierly mm-hmm. dropping things into the, did it survive? No. It did. Oh, fair play. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's actually super yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I love shooting my camcorders because you can, you can throw them off the top of the buildings and you can just go down and pick up the bits <laughs> off the street and get the card out of it and you still put it in your card reader and you have the footage. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that like kind of yeah, having an understanding of your equipment, why you're using the equipment you are rather than being yeah, like fresh yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. It's just a thing to yeah. get the thing made or, or or it's like you know it's like it's like taking care of, well i mean to to move it to move it over to another art form again i mean it's like a painter that really really takes care of their brushes you know yeah the, that that really really washes them properly and dries properly every single day ideally you should never need another set of brushes yeah but i mean that's weird you always just leave them to go hard yeah, and just go to the pub to yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems perfectly normal um yeah, funding is a, it's kind of a contentious, like no one wants to fill out those forms and like beg for money. It's, it's like, it's a shit thing to have to do, but it's really, I know it's helpful to like even get a little bit of. Oh yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying it's, I mean, I'm not saying it's better to have no money. No, I am kind of, <laughs> well, it's just, it, it, as we were saying before we switched on the mics, I kind of have the idea of a millionaire benefactor coming yeah, in and yeah. sorting everything out, but that's not the reality. And, and you want some money because you want to have something that people want to yeah, watch, yeah, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, I mean, I, I like to, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I mean, okay, let's say if that millionaire benefactor did come along and say, okay, there's your 20 million budget and, you know, you can use our, 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 our San Fernando studios and we'll give you, you know, our full, I mean, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> you just <laughs> you like know, back yourself up into a tiny corner. Yeah, 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 whereas if I got an injection of, 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 of enough cash to maybe have, you know, to maybe not have to go and, you know, uh, um, try and get, you know, to not end up killing my equipment. Yes, yeah. just a little bit to mm-hmm. sort it out. Um, do you, you you usually get money off the like arts council, the film board. Do you ever, do you ever um, get any money off the film board? Uh, well, I've only applied to film board. Uh, no, actually, I've made a few joint applications to the film board uh, that weren't successful. Uh, but no, but it, it. I mean, it's very hard to, to get funding. You have to really work at it. Yes. Know? And I think I think that's the thing is. I mean, I do I do I do apply quite often. Yeah. Um. I only apply, I only apply when I have a project that's ready, and I and I have got arts council funding funding before. I had some uh, arts council funding. Actually, there's a round of that coming up, isn't there? 
Yeah. It now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that, I think they still do. Uh, I think they have the project of wars comes up every. I think that comes up a couple of times uh, every six months. I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Arts Council money seems to be. Yeah, they'll they'll throw you a few quiz like, <laughs> yeah. and then you get to put the logo on. Like Arts Council, I don't know. Uh, that that seems to be a little bit like handier to. I don't I don't exactly know where I'm going well, here. But. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you know, if you zoom back and look at the broader picture, I mean. Yeah, there's Arts Council, there, 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 there are other council fundings, there's like Dublin City Council funding. I'm sure most most councillors in Ireland have some kind of film fund. You know, there's also a film board, there's media desk. I mean, there's so many different platforms. Uh, and there's even, like, even on the likes of Kickstarter, there, there are people raising, like, big budgets on those now. So it's not really that, it, it, for me, the whole thing about funding is not really comparing the different platforms. You know, it's just finding the right actual strand for your own work. Yes. You know, I mean, I mean, I think one, I mean, one, one, one thing that I recognize now is that when you sit down and you start to read through the available things, you find yourself going, oh, maybe, maybe this other project that I have might fit that if I just tweak it a bit, or might fit that, and I just tweak it a bit. And next thing, you've actually lost sight of what the thing yes. was originally about. You're steering your work to fit mm-hmm. around, potentially to fit yeah. around their ask rather than what you yeah. want. Which, 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 is, which is actually perfect. I mean, it's to be expected to an extent. Yeah. You know, I mean, you do have to, you have to steer a little bit towards, towards yeah. what's available. Yeah, yeah. You know? But you but, don't want to steer too much. Uh, yeah, but you don't want, but uh, at the same time, there's nothing wrong with not having a piece of work or not having a plan and just deciding, oh, I, you know, I'll apply for some funding and reading the guidelines and writing something for it. That's fine as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, hmm. um, but that's not the way my brain works <laughs> right right and your uh, experience of crowdfunding you you've done crowdfunding um, a bunch yeah yeah I, well i mean most of my films um i've i've crowdfunded and what i know i tell you what's interesting about the crowdfunding and um, one of my films the rough cut that you saw that we were talking about the circles of the sun that i that i've made in 2017 and um, i didn't crowdfund that and afterwards i did feel the absence of any uh, of any audience waiting for it aha because your funders are your audience. There are some people. There's some skin in the game. Exactly. Yeah. They 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 give a shit. They're your they're your audience before yeah, they yeah, yeah. they come to and, the pictures. And, yeah, and, for sure. And it also it also changes your attitude towards your piece of work because you're actually making it for somebody. Yeah. You know, circles of actually with my Aragorn, the one I was screening next week, and circles of some. Those are the two films that I didn't. Uh, I did. I didn't make any attempt to find any funding for them. So. I, I didn't really I didn't really try to to stay aware of what they were about okay. because, because I didn't I didn't feel like I had that responsibility. There was no one looking right. over your shoulder, even in any sort of way no. whatsoever. Your hand no. is utterly no. free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so do you? That's a that's an interesting way to think about crowdfunding. But but, but, but no, yeah, we see. I think I mean I have crowdfunded my my next film, and the, that part of the reason that I did was because I wanted to get back into that loop of having an a, a, an active audience and, yeah. and having people waiting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's our mountain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how how are you feeling about that? Oh, about, you know, I'm feeling very good about it uh, because what I've done is I've given it a much a, a much longer uh, period. You know, I've uh, I mean I'm I mean I've I've shot some stuff. I mean I finished I finished the funding campaign in June. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was away. I was often. You did so this part of it you're telling us about. I'd love to hear all about Armin and where 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 you are and how you're feeling. Yeah. Uh, uh, about it. Yeah. Well, basically, um, I mean, I well, it's. It's 
it's the first of my films it's based on a true story and it's the first it's the second film that's a period piece yeah so it's set in the 1890s uh, it, it would be much it, it definitely will be a commercial film but I wouldn't I don't think you could really call it an experimental film you could call it a non-commercial film but it, it, it is uh, yeah it's it may not be driven by the drama but it has much much clearer storyline maybe you can just explain a little bit about the story of it for people who don't know yeah well the Iron Mountain is um, the title comes from uh, it, it is the name that uh, the polar I knew it had for uh, 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 meteorites that had landed in Greenland like thousands of years ago, and they've been making their their tools and their weapons from these iron meteorites for hundreds of years. And in the late nineteenth century, when American and Danish explorers made contact with the Polar Inuit communities, uh, they 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 learned of this legend of of, of what they called the Iron Mountain. Uh, so this this story started to spread around the explorers community and uh, the American explorers decided that if they could try to f try to find this iron mountain it would uh, it would kind of boost their campaign to get to the North Pole right uh, the crowdfunding campaign yeah, yeah. well <laughs> yeah well, pretty well, much yeah, but you see they, well, you, but this is the thing of the crowdfunding I mean you know going from door to door for your sponsored randomers is crowdfunding yeah true you know? true and the explorers nothing new and the explorer's wife going around all of the institutes giving her presentations to raise funding for her husband to go and, and get these meteorites from Greenland was crowdfunding yeah yeah you know? she just didn't have to write emails well, where well, she sucks well, up to everybody it, well in fact I mean in fact funding I mean, crowdfunding has always existed, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it has always existed. I mean, when you go and do pavement art and you put out your hat, that's crowdfunding. Right, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but anyway, to cut a long story short, um, they brought the meteorites to New York to the Museum of Natural History, and they, but they also brought the Inuit family that had had been the most instrumental in helping them to find the meteorites, and they brought them to New York with them, and it, they became celebrities for a while. You know, they were very popular with the, the American uh, newspapers. Um, but uh, what should have been no surprise to even to nineteenth century uh, uh, scientists and doctors is that you can't. You can't spend your life inside the Arctic Circle and then not have uh, problems when you come to New York in the middle of the summer. So they all died of pneumonia after a couple of months. Um, uh, but they were only survived by the youngest boy, Nick. Uh, so he was fostered to the museum director and uh, started to grow up with the museum director's family up in upstate New York. And uh, uh, so he started to grow up as a real New York, New York kid, you know, singing in the school choir, had his newspaper around. Uh, but he didn't have, you know, you know, the, the, the Arctic explorers kind of washed their hands of him, didn't want to have anything to do with trying to get him back to Greenland. So that was, that was a point of contention that the museum were very embarrassed about it. And the American newspapers gave them all a hard time about that. Right. Um, and then, then it all quieted down and Minnick was, you know, growing up in New York. And then later in his early teens, he discovers that uh, his uh, his his father and his his uncle and his uh, adopted aunt and cousin that had passed away in the summer of 1898 had not actually been buried or returned to Greenland. They were actually on the Spanish Museum. That sucks. How did you not realize for them? They didn't think of the the obvious, which is that the kids in school were going to tell them because they were going to read it in the paper. Yes, yeah. Uh, so it's not entirely clear how it emerged. There's a few different ideas about how it emerged. Um, so he started campaigning, but he, he started campaigning in the newspapers further to have the bodies returned. 
and the museum were under a lot of uh, a, 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 a lot of criticism in the in the papers at the time. Um, and uh, but he never actually. I mean, he didn't get them returned in his lifetime. He never he never broke down through the bureaucracy. You know. Uh, but uh, but with with continued campaigning done by the descendants of the Danish explorers, the, they did get the bodies returned in the early nineteen nineties, about okay. a hundred years later. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, now I mean, if you think about that story that I've just related, and you think about all of our conversations about experimental and low budget filmmaking up until this point, it's kind of like it's hard to see how the two could meet. Yes. You know, and any actors I talk sounds to, very luxurious. Yeah. Well, 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 you see, I mean, I mean, you know, actors that I meet about is the fact the first thing they say is, you know, Arctic explorers, you know, uh, 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 meteorites, you know, in New York, nineteenth century New York is, you know, it all sounds very expensive, and very, very big, big budgets. Sounds but, like Martin Scorsese yeah. might be able yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> to maybe uh, get the dough to but, make it. Uh, uh, so, but no, I mean. Basically, what I've been doing on it so far is I've gone right into it in a lot of, and I'm putting much, much more detail into the shot listing and the storyboarding and collecting the background shots. I spent two months in New York earlier in the year, uh, just just going going to the original location where it all happened, taking stills, taking shots, so on, so on, so on. I, I, I'm just sitting on it for months and months. I'm not I'm not even writing it. You know, I write it by editing it first. You right, know, and then I decide where the what dialogue might be suitable, where it might go. But oh, that's the framework you're using. Yeah, that, that seems so, smart. Yeah. So what wh what breaks it down into more digestible bits is the fact that uh, it 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 has become more of an ensemble piece. You know, it's um. So I, I've, I, I'm, I'm taking the kind of disaster film kind of approach or the Blake Edwards comedy approach where it's like there's there's about a dozen characters and you all you, you, they're introduced in their daily environment until this event happens oh, and changes amazing. their lives, yeah, which yeah. is the arrival of the meteorites with the family. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, so basically the plan is that I'll, I, 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 I'm going to spend about 18 months or two years on it and, you know, I've, I, I'm not going to start shooting an action until October. Okay. But it's all. But it, I, I'm. I'm just going to build it up in very, very palatable little bits, and you know, there may be a few scenes that I might do in a year's time that would involve some extras and, and you know, and maybe a bit of set dressing. But at the moment, I'm just eating into it with you know, just simple shots introducing characters. You know, standing by windows, sitting in stagecoaches, reading newspapers. Yeah, it's all collaged. Okay, so that's how you're approaching this big. Epic, <laughs> well, with, yeah, but, but just but, taking the but, carving the slices. Yeah, but what? But I mean, an, an epic. I mean, this the story. I mean, as a story, does not determine the scope of the production. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. It's can, just about people. I mean, at it's, the end of it's, the day. A, it's an analogy that I made a, a, a couple of months ago when I was doing an interview with and 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 uh, uh, and O'Brien in the Irish Times. He was, you know, we were talking about the same thing, and and I was saying, you know, you can do. You, you like take Orson Welles and take Zeffirelli. Like you can do Zeffirelli can do Macbeth, you know, on on the Highlands in Scotland with like real castles and like thousands of extras. And then Orson Welles can do uh, can do Othello like with a cardboard hat and a torch. Mm. You know the scale of it is the same. You know, yeah, or or you can do Nero like you know on his balcony while Rome burns in the background. All you need is one actor and a balcony and some lights. Yeah, yeah. You know? We fill in the rest. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but that's but that is actually that that is actually the essence of filmmaking. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Telling someone's story, you were telling me the story, mm. and in my head, the whole thing I'm alive. You know, well, that's that's the, yeah, 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 yeah. But you can break that's it, harder. Yeah, but, yeah, but you, you, you can break it down to just 
to, I mean, if you break it down to elements, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, what is, I mean, if you are depicting any of the things that I talked about, I mean, I mean, I mean if you're depicting, a, you know, a meteorite in Greenland, I mean, what exactly is that? Yeah. I mean, you go out in your back garden, you put a stone, you know, on a, on a smooth rock. And you go, stone. meanwhile, in and, Greenland. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just go, you know, you just put a caption, you know, I mean, you can take a picture of the sky, you can just put a caption underneath it saying, you know, uh, 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 Australia five million years ago. Okay. And, you, and you're there. Yes, no, that's that's a, that's an excellent point for yeah. the um, realising the, what is it, audio... Visual audiovisual time based piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I think that's so funny, but yes, and that's so. No, no, but it is. I mean, well, it, I mean, it shows you that it is still quite a complex form. That to try and describe it simply, you still need to say those four things. Yes, there's no for well, there's probably some further distillation, but mm-hmm. for now, that's the best you got. <laughs> and uh, but the the carving. Yeah, the, but that doesn't include genre. The carving, the um, that's true. But the carving, the the small pieces into one whole realizable thing. That's what you're in the process of doing. Yeah, you just carved yeah. like you've just carved it out into little small, thin thinly sliced yeah. bits of jobs. Yeah, I break it. Well, well, it's almost like my first film in reverse. Rather than building a feature out of little bits, I'm making the feature by breaking it down into little bits. Right. Yes. That's and it feels good. It, well, it, it it feels good so far. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be quick or easy, but uh, you know, I, but it does. Um, yeah, I, I I like what I have so far. Uh, it has a it's a very it's a big sweeping story that you could that you that could warrant a big budget, but I'm approaching it uh, by breaking it down into smaller manageable bits. Yes. Um, and I'm happy with with what I have so far. And and you are happy with? Are you enjoying the process of? making it in this in this way um i well i think what i'm finding very very liberating about this process and what i didn't expect is that the fact that it's a true story is making it easier for me because it's removing any of that part of the decision making you don't have to make it up no okay it's already happened. So, you, so I don't. So, so the, this experience that I had with several previous films, where you reach a point that we were talking about a few, uh, earlier on in this discussion, where you reach a point of like, how do you solve it? Hmm. But if it's a true story, you don't have to do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's because it's the not, path is it's there. It's not up to you. Is what happens next? Yeah, that's that. That's kind of lovely. At that, that you're you have a free. It's like it gives you some freedom well, within well, that. Well, the constraint. Well, it, of, well it, yeah, but it's it's only it's only in the in the last. A week or two that I've I, I've I've realized that, and it's such a simple thing. Um, it's like um, I mean, I know. Uh, I mean, I try. I usually try to avoid doing something as obvious as obvious as quoting from really really obvious like heavyweight like uh, uh, influences like Picasso. But it, I mean, he did say one one really simple thing that I always remember. He said, "Always work beneath your means," uh. because then you're in complete control. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't you know? Don't like if you've you know if you've mastered two or three of the elements involved. Don't keep trying to add new ones. You know, just because the the work will be more, it will run smoother, and you'll have more control if you if you are you know working with if you're giving yourself room. That's very much in the spirit of what I'm talking about as well in this podcast of finishing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you work beneath your means, you're more likely to actually finish something yeah, and punch yeah, it through. Yeah. And well, you, but you're also more likely to really get up to speed with it. And, 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 and so this is the point that I'm making is that I wasn't expecting 
that not that 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 particular layer of trying to improvise a, a, a narrative, having that removed, I wasn't anticipating that that was actually going to make the whole thing easier. Yeah, fascinating. So does that give you a desire to do? Your next project makes to be something true. Like, could you could you see yourself in, enjoying this and doing more things that are true? Or are you just going to make up some bananas shape for your next one? Uh, I I think I'm going to swing the opposite direction for the next <laughs> one and, and 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 really no, I think what I'll do with the next one is I think I will I will you know uh, try to get some more formal funding, but I'll but I'll completely improvise. Okay, right. That that sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued yeah, so already. A big, big budget improvising. Big exactly budget improv. Yeah, uh, sounds brilliant. Um, okay, is there anything else you want to talk uh, about? Uh, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm happy with all that. It's I think you've been very inspiring. Yeah, and um, Well, no, I mean, you were asking all the right questions. <laughs> I guess so. I'm amazing at this. Okay, thank you very much, Alan. Yeah, thanks, Alan.